Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There is a common misconception among both Christians and unbelievers alike that the God of the Old Testament is this God of plagues and invading armies and fire and brimstone and judgment, but that in the New Testament, he's not like that anymore. That is a misconception. God does not change. And so, the God of the Old Testament that sent plagues and invading armies and fire and brimstone and judgment remains that very same God today. The New Testament God isn't like that. He's the the God of, of, of love and mercy and compassion. Read the book of Revelation. Plagues. Invading armies. A lake of fire. Judgment. Towards the very end of the book. Right before a new heaven and a new earth for all eternity. We read, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. God does not change. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament, the God of every age. And as St. Peter writes in his first letter, chapter 3, the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. When the Lord God visited Israel as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, he instituted the priesthood Certain men among the Levites who served within the tabernacle and later the temple. And they would go to the Lord on behalf of the people. Offering prayers, burning incense, and bringing sacrifices. Shedding blood. the author to the Hebrews, our epistle for today, would invite you to look upon our crucified Lord Jesus Christ as our great high priest. He has passed through the heavens. This high priest left heaven on high, came down and dwelt among us in human flesh, and has returned there again. And he has come to be our priest, to be the one who goes 
before the Father on our behalf. He gives his life, he sheds his blood, he does his priestly service on behalf of the people. He goes before the Father, a sacrifice, a lamb, upon the altar of the cross, and receives God's judgment. Perhaps that's why we often associate Good Friday with a sense of sadness and grief and shame. We sing, we sing hymns in minor keys. We hear of what happened to our Lord Jesus, and we do well to remember that that is the God of judgment that pours out his wrath on Jesus for you and for me. In fact, if we were to read the Passion account, we always hear it on Good Friday from John's Gospel, but if you were to hear it from St. Matthew, he would record how darkness came over the land, how Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? How the temple curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. How the earth shook, rocks split, tombs were opened, bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Sounds like judgment day, doesn't it? Indeed, it was. Because the judgment for your sin, my sin, Israel's sin, all the world's sins, all the sins of every time and place, received their due punishment in the death of the Son of God. He is the great high priest, the priest above all priests, because he goes to that cross in the place of you, in the place of me, to take on God's judgment, to take on his wrath, to take on the punishment that you and I deserve. Let us then, Hebrews says, with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Though God remains this God of judgment and wrath and punishment for sin, you and I, the children of God, walk before him, come before him, approach his throne boldly, with confidence, knowing that we can do it only through that cross of Jesus Christ. This idea that our God is just some kind of indifferent old grandpa up in the sky who just says, aw shucks about our sins, is completely inconsistent with who God has always been. Sin requires payment. And Jesus, who says it is finished, pays your debt 
in full. The only way to the Father is through that cross, through the sacrifice of the great high priest. But dear Christians, it is not left up to chance. It is not up for debate whether or not maybe we will be able to find our way to that Father. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may, from this God who is unchanging and just and righteous, from Him, we receive mercy and grace to help in time of need. He, the sinless, obedient servant, the Son, offers himself, offers up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. The writer of the Hebrews says Jesus was made perfect. He was, of course, already sinless and guiltless, perfectly obedient to his Father. But in his death, In his suffering, his bleeding, and dying, he became the perfect sacrifice, the great high priest, the one who tears apart the temple curtain, the one who removes the divide between you and your father. In place of that temple veil that keeps God from his people, is now the cross, is now the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He has become the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, Hebrews says. To obey him is to look on him, to look on his cross, to see him as the way to the Father. To see him as the source of your salvation from this righteous judge. To see him as the place where you find mercy and grace to help in time of need. This cross is where the great high priest leads you to and shows you a God of love. Remember, he's unchanging. And so he, who has always been just and righteous and pouring out wrath upon evil, he has always, always been also a God of love. There would be no cross if the Father in his infinite love did not see fit to send the Son to redeem you.
only through him, but completely through him. You are freed from God's judgment. Or, as we read earlier in the book of Revelation, your name is written in the book of life. Thanks be to God that God does not change. That the loving God who allowed Israel to approach him by the blood of bulls and goats and lambs and offerings provides you the way to come before him confidently through the blood of Jesus Christ, our crucified Lord. Let us heed the words of our epistle and hold fast our confession. Let us never waver in confessing together that Christ crucified endures the curse of sin on our behalf and gives us bold confidence to come before our God of love. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.